Uh, good morning and welcome back. You're listening to Matty J on the Lunchtime Request Show. This week is National Science Week. And uh, for many of us, the closest we've come to science is watching shows like uh, Big Bang Theory, which make astrophysics look entertaining. Uh, yet, believe it or not, the real world of astronomy and astrophysics is much more fun than you might imagine. Uh, Carly Noon should know, actually. Not only is she the first Indigenous woman to graduate in New South Wales with a double degree in maths and physics, she's also leading some exciting new research to find out just how much of our ancient indigenous astronomers, uh, how much they knew about space and where those discoveries can lead us today. And to tell us more, I'm joined by Carly Noon right now. Uh, thank you for joining us today and uh, how are you going? Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I'm going a little bit chilly, but I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, of course, you're in uh, Canberra at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, beautiful, beautiful Ngunnawal, Nambri country. Um, you know, we're surrounded by the the amazing Brindabella Ranges, but they're currently um, they've got snow tops. We I actually held some snow in my hand the other night. It's it's been very cool. That's incredible. I've never even seen snow. That's a that's a conversation <laughs> for another time. Though I'll have to come visit you over there. In the meantime, let's uh, let's launch into it. Uh, we're here today to talk about uh, Science Week, and of course, uh, yourself as well, because it is fascinating to hear that. Um, how well you've done with uh, getting into science and in particular your particular career now, which um, I guess, when you tell us a little bit about that, uh, what astrology, sorry, astrology, uh, is that what you're doing, astronomy and astrophysics? Yeah, so um, I'm really glad you brought that up. So I, I consider myself doing um, astrophysics. And so that really looks at um, applying physics to things that we see in the sky, and so so really trying to understand the physical processes that are that are occurring in in the celestial bodies, whether we're looking at you know the sun or the moon or the planets or you know galaxies. I look at galaxies, um, you know, and applying the the field of physics to to those objects. Um, another thing that, that we hear in this field is astronomer. So astronomers are slightly different in that they, they're more concerned about measuring those objects. Um, so measuring their location and their position, measuring how much mass they have, um, how bright they are, um, and so really making measurements to understand those objects. But there was another one you mentioned there, astrologer. So astrologer sounds very similar, um, and in a way, we, we look at the same thing. You know, we're looking at the sky, um, but what astrologers do is they, they try and understand the sky with respect to society and with respect to people. And so when we're born, we get given um, an association to a constellation. Um, so this is like our star sign, and astrologers use that um, to... Um, say things about your personality and about who you are. So they're the three kind of <laughs> fields that um, we can talk about in this, you know, when we're talking about space. But me, myself, I, I do astrophysics. Okay, all right. So we have learnt a little bit there. You know what I am curious about is, um, in, is ways to link, I guess, science with uh, really traditional methods and especially, you know, um, like, creation stories and stuff and how how that might link up so when we talk about um spirits in the sky and star formations how that links up with mm. actual real science has your work yeah, ever absolutely. led you down any of those paths where you found anything like that or yeah so when i first graduated one of the first things i did was um you know i tried to understand the 
the astronomical knowledge within our culture and our stories and our, our song lines. Um, and I spent a little bit of time researching this um, with uh, Professor Doreen Hamika, who's, who's based at Melbourne. And so what we looked at in particular um, were weather predictors and how mob all across the country had different ways of predicting the weather. Uh, and so what, what I was really interested in um, is this phenomena called moon halo. Um, and it's where the, the, the light coming from the moon is reflected by um, ice crystals, little ice crystals in the upper atmosphere. And these ice crystals, they... Um, they refract the light and point it into a, a different direction, and the result is a beautiful ring that comes around the moon, that forms around the moon. And so people all across the country, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, would use this as a way to predict oncoming storms. And so what, what I found really interesting uh, were the different ways that people did this. And so... Um, you know, different different countries would use different techniques to predict how soon the storm was going to hit or how bad the storm was going to be. And so I think of these as like input variables. You know, this is very similar to how we predict the weather today. Um, you know, the, the weather you see on the news, very similar technique. You know, we have these input variables. Um, for mob, these were the wind. What is the wind doing? Um, how many stars can you count? How big is the halo? How little is it? And so all these different measurements were taken into consideration to tell you, you know, oh, it's going to storm tomorrow or, oh, it's going to storm tonight, but it's it's only going to be a light storm. It's not going to be too bad. Um, and so, yeah, different ways in order to determine um, what the weather was doing. Yeah, okay. I guess if um, really when you look at it, if you've, they've had thousands of generations to observe and, and sort of see these things repeating. So when you look up at the at the sky and see that that moon halo and then all of a sudden, you know, there's weather the next day, it'd be really easy to sort of bring that into like a, you know, like a recurring thing like, all right, so let's pass yeah. it on. That means that, yeah, yeah possible weather's coming. Absolutely. Uh, are they also called 22-degree uh, halos, those ones? Yeah, so there's, there's two variations. Um, there's a 22-degree halo, and then there's a, a slightly bigger 40-degree halo. And so, again, that was another one of the, the input variables to determine how bad that storm was going to be. All right. Well, I'm curious. Um, I guess based on what you've already looked into on that, how much did our Indigenous ancestors know about space and, and the stars and their alignments? Yeah, so um, as I said, when I first graduated, you know, this was kind of the first thing that I the first path that I kind of went down um, because, you know, of course they they knew huge amounts of knowledge about the sky. When when we talk about country, um, you know, people often think, oh, that refers to land and that refers to, you know, sometimes people will think of the waterways, you know, it also refers to the waterways, but it also refers to the sky. Sky is very much a part of country um, for, you know, a lot of different communities. Um, and it's, you know, just just as, as important because everything is connected, you know. There's this, this saying, at least from um, Gamilaroi country, everything that's on the land is also in the sky. Um, and so, you know, because we have this really holistic approach, we have this, you know, um, the idea that everything is connected, 
um, not only are we looking on the land for, for answers and observations, but we're also looking for the sky. And so some other input variables into, into weather prediction um, is often, you know, what are the ants doing? What are the cockroaches doing? What are the frogs doing? Um, you know, there, there are all these different ways of, of looking at, at our environment and, you know, the sky was intrinsic to that.